Amen. So let's, let's open our Bible. 1 Kings chapter 19, verse number 20. And you can use your, it's not dark, but your glowing Bible, glow-in-the-dark Bible that I call it. So let's all go there. Let's all go there just because we should. They're going to have it in the screen, but why don't you just put yourself through the effort of turning there with me. I can hear your virtual pages turning. I can hear those. 1 Kings chapter number 19, verse number 20. We're going to read there. I want to say thank you to Pastor Matt. How many people love your youth president? This is a, a great, great person. I've known Matt for many years, and he's never changed. He's literally just been the same person um, since he was a, a young guy. Um, got to know him just a very young age, probably eight years old, and he was just always the same, and, and uh, he's just a very consistent person, and I appreciate his friendship, and I appreciate his leadership. One more time, let's give it up for Pastor Matt. Amen, and I appreciate all of you. I'm so glad that you showed out to be here today. We had a great time last night. Amen. We're, we're not going to miss it, are we? We're going to make sure that we access all that God has for us. Somebody say amen. Somebody wave a pinky. Somebody do something. Amen. We're going to look forward to a great time tonight. God has given me very uh, certain words um, for every service. And that tells me two things. That tells me that somebody prayed. And that also tells me that God has some young people here um, that he is trying to instruct. And if you've ever been a in a position where you've had to preach the word of god doesn't always come so quickly or so easily am i right brother whitmire <laughs> but when god is just given the word so readily i know somebody prayed and i know that god has his eye on the hearts of young people so i am certain today that the lord is going to speak to us i didn't bring my 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 little blankie this morning just in case you're wondering what this is this is not my blankie anybody have a blankie there's a few blanky people in the house. But this is actually a, a mantle, and, and, and it's actually Pastor Matt's, and he actually uh, got this actually in the Holy Land. And so this morning, I want to talk to us a little bit about uh, what the mantle means. Can you say what the mantle means? Turn to your neighbor and say what the mantle means. Amen. Let's read the text, and then we're going to be seated, because I know we all feel like going back to... Oh, oh, nobody's sleeping. First Kings chapter number 19, verse number 20. And so I'm reading the New King James Version, but they'll probably have the King James Version. Let's read this one. And it says, And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Let me, I pray thee, kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow thee. And he said unto them, Go back again, for what have I done to thee? All right? Verse number uh, 20 and uh, 21 says, So Elijah turned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slaughtered them and boiled their flesh using the oxen's equipment. And he gave it to the people and they ate. And he arose and followed Elijah and became his servant. In Jesus' name, I think we should just pray one more time before we be seated. Could you pray with me? Lord, we thank you today. God, we, we worship you. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for the hunger, God, of the students that have gathered here today. God, we just pray the Word of God would settle in our hearts, find its way into our minds and our spirit today, God. And we pray that you would help it to explode within us, God, that we would be able to receive the Word of God, not being hearers, God, but doers. God, we pray in Jesus' name. Everybody shout in Jesus' name. 
Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. And so, the opening text of 1 Kings 19 unveils this aftermath of Elijah's greatest victories. He, he had just slain 430 prophets of Baal, and it was no doubt the greatest victory perhaps of his ministry because he had taken down in one moment the entire uh, uh, a realm of rebellion that was rising up amongst the children of God. And Elijah stood as the prophet in the way to declare the way of the Lord. But in front of the entire nation of Israel, Elijah triumphantly stood before God, miraculously accessed God's power. And although it would not bring down fire for the prophets of Baal, it did for Elijah. And he righteously slew all those adulterous prophets. He had anticipated victory over the false prophets of Baal, but what he did not anticipate was the treacherous transition that would occur after his triumph. Because we understand that directly following this great triumph, Queen Jezebel threatened his very life. He was now running for his life. And I want to bring to our attention today that in transition, this transition is what he was in. He had just had a victory, but now he was going to a place where he was going to run for his life. All right? Everybody say transition. Transition. And so a transition is the process or a period of changing from one state or condition to another. Many batons have been dropped in times of transition. Anybody ever do any relay racing before? The transition is the most important part. And they actually coach you about the transition. They spend lots of time not teaching you how to get out of the blocks or, or to run your, run your leg of the, of the race. But they teach you and they spend time and they teach you how to pass the baton properly. Have you ever been in gym class before? And they train you how to pass the baton. You have, to, you have to be very, very purposeful in putting your hand out in a position so that you can receive the baton. If you don't have your hand in position, you can be doing everything else right. Everybody else could be fast runners. Everybody else could be extremely good athletes. But if you mess up in the transition, it's over. It's over. The race will be lost. It don't, it don't matter how well you run if you mess up the transition. And you got to understand that many batons have fell during times of transition. When, when the process of passing it off from one person to the other was not as smooth as perhaps, or not as practiced perhaps, as it could have been. They will, they will focus and put lots of energy upon that little small amount of time where the one race, one runner will drop the baton into the open hand of another. A good transition empires have fallen in times of transition cities have become extinct and unremembered in times of technological transition companies have gone bankrupt in transition people that maybe held on to old technology that that as it began to change like kodak nobody is snapping their their, their pictures with kodak film anymore if you, you would try to do that today and went over to the local mall in Fredericton, you would not find anybody that practiced that process. 
But some people have held on to things in, 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 in times of transition and found themselves shut out even in a, in a financial sense. Technology has become useless. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I have an iPad here. It's, it's like I, the iPad 2. That's scary. Like it took me. It took me. I'm late today because of this thing. Well, I was like a minute late, but I, I, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to, I'm just going to, you know, this thing gives me problems every single time I preach. And very soon I'm going to retire it to the, to the trash can. But it, it's now about 10 years old. And anybody like me that you just don't like the fact that you, you got to upgrade the technology? Anybody like that? Anybody? I, I like new technology, but I paid a lot of money for this thing. And I don't know why, why Apple can't figure out that I need this and I need this to work. And if you're like me, that, 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 bothers, that bothers me. But technology, it, it changes. Is there any early adopters that as soon as the new piece of technology comes out, you got to get it? All right, and you're all poor like me. Thank you. But sports games have been lost in times of transition. Even languages have been lost in transition. Many people in the Bible were lost in transition. The children of Israel died in transition. In the wilderness, somebody say amen. Lot's wife, while she was transitioning out of Sodom and Gomorrah, she was lost in, she was lost in transition. She was supposed to come out with the rest of her family. She was not supposed to turn to a pillar of salt, but in a time of transition, she was lost. I just want to try to paint a picture for you here this morning that there's a lot at stake in a time of transition. And sometimes we don't recognize the moment, Pastor Matt. We don't recognize the moment or the season that we're in until it's too late. And I hope that we're not too late today because I'm lifting up my voice to a generation that we cannot lose the passing of the baton that's upon us in this generation. Brother Whitmire, stand up for a second. You're a pastor. You're roughly my age. We cannot fail this generation in passing them this mantle. We cannot just stay standing. Pastor Matt, stand for a moment. Ryan, stand for a moment. You can, you can hold your coffee. That's okay. That was anointed worship. I'm going to tell you something right now. To come in and just play the piano and, and bring an anointing in worship, that takes some anointing. Thank you for that. That doesn't come by accident. That means somewhere this man got a hold of a baton. That means somewhere this man got a hello somebody. That means somewhere he got an anointing in his life. Now, I don't know about you, but, but at 11 o'clock in the morning, I, I can't even play the piano. But if I had to get on that piano... It wouldn't be pretty. You'd be all be leaving. But you know what? It does take an anointing. It does take an anointing to be used by God. And, and I just want to tell you, young people, that, that we have to do a good job of making sure the mantle gets into your hands and you get it the way that it was passed to us. We cannot afford to let the mantle fall to the ground in a time of transition. Why don't we just praise the Lord for a little bit? Why don't we just clap our hands to God? I want you to help me preach this morning. I want you to help me to get the word of God across this morning. We must get this right. We must get the mantle in the time of transition. 
Thank you, chaperones that are here. You may be seated. Thank you for being here, for, for taking these young people here. You are a key part in the transition. If you put your energy, you put your gas in your car to get young people here, thank you, thank you, thank you, because you're a part of this process. I want you to know that it's worth your money. I want you to know it's worth your effort to get the gospel, to get the mantle in the hands of this generation. It's a great thing to have. It will change destinies. Change destinies. Anybody hungry for more of God? I know you are. Come on, I'm asking you rhetorically. Is there anybody just hungry for more of God? I want to do something for God. I want to do something for God. I'm not, I don't got time to be bored with people that are bored. I don't got time for that. In fact, in fact, you, you annoy me. You annoy me because you, you're, you're, you're taking up my oxygen. You're taking up my space. I'm going to dance all around you because I know the power of this mantle. Don't you come to church all bored and rubbing off your boredness on somebody else. You ought to come fired up, prayed up, and excited to worship God. Some of you, you got to get the preacher to preach everything he's got to get you to move. Shame on you. Shame on you. Shame on you. And maybe I'm not preaching to anybody today, but I'm preaching to the atmosphere. And I'm letting us understand today, it shouldn't take a dynamite to move us. We should understand the power of what we have. We should understand the power. Why don't we give the Lord a praise right now? I tell you what the spirit of this age wants. It doesn't want the prophet of God. It doesn't want the man of God to lift their voice, the women of God to lift their voice. But we are going to lift our voice because there's a generation that wants this mantle. Woo! Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Why don't you just give God praise? Hallelujah. 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 Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Come on, somebody. That's what I'm talking about. I feel the power of God in this room. I feel the power of God. Listen, listen, Brother Whitmire, I, I serve God too many years now to mess this part up. I, I put too many, much time in the altar, too many hours in prayer, too much time in the Word for us not to pass the mantle properly. This generation is going to get a hold of God, and they're going to rise up and do something for God. Hallelujah. 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 See, Elijah, he was, he was stirred that, that, that the generation that he was living in, they were worshiping at, at, at false altars. He was stirred by that. You, you listen, listen to me. You older people in the room, we ought to be stirred when we see things in our generation. It ought to bother us. It ought to cause us to pray. It ought to cause us to shake ourselves because we got to get the mantle into the hands of Elisha. But it can't go into the hands of Elisha unless somebody stirs himself. Unless somebody says, hey, I don't like what I'm seeing. It bothers me. And somebody says, hey, I'm willing to pray until fire falls here. I'm willing to go, go head to head with 430 prophets of Baal or whatever it was. I'm willing to go up against them because I believe that the mantle is worth it. I believe that it's worth it. I believe that it's worth it. And so Elijah, 
in this time of transition, he, he stood, but he found himself that he was, he was running from, from, from Queen Jezebel. I feel that spirit in this room. I feel that spirit in this room that don't want me to preach this way. But too bad. You're going to have to sit here and listen to it. I don't know if I'm preaching to a person that brought that spirit in here with them, but I'm just going to preach it anyway. I'm just going to preach it anyway. If there's any demon in hell listening right now, I want you to know. I want you to understand something. That there's a generation that has not bowed their knee to bail. There's a generation that will not bow. There's a generation that wants apostolic truth and wants apostolic anointing. And I am one of them. 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 It's what drove you to Bible school, Brother Whitmire. It's what drove me to Bible school because I want to change my generation. Hallelujah. I don't believe this generation is going to have any less. I believe you're going to have more. I know you're going to have more. You're going to stand on the shoulders of previous generations. Hallelujah. Why don't we just let that spirit of God move through the room today? Come on, come on, come on. Let's just respond to it. Come on, let's be obedient right now. Could you take your hand and go like this? Put your hand in the air. Come on, begin to pray. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. In the name of the Lord Jesus, in the name of the Lord, God, we oppose every spirit that would try to creep into this house. God, it is not of you. We oppose every spirit of this generation that tries to shut us up, to try to shut the church down. God, we oppose that. God, we refuse to bow. God, we refuse, Lord God, to bow with this generation. But God, we will stand until the fire falls. God, we will stand in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One more time, just give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. But Lot's wife tried in transition. Judas was lost in transition. Just when the greatest hour was coming, when... Jesus would certainly go to a cross, but after the cross would come a Pentecost. Judas missed it, died, lost in transition. I don't want that to be me. You can understand that transition is hard when you've been to mountaintops. Sometimes it's tiring. When you've slain prophets of Baal, it's tiring. I had this conversation with Pastor Matt last night. And, and I, I, I don't want to, he, he's not here, so maybe I hope he doesn't even listen to it. But his dad stood in a time of transition. I can remember I got saved in 1993. And in 1995, some things swept into this district and tried to alter some things. But there's some people like his father that stood. And I'm glad last night that he was in the house of God. Pastor didn't have to be here. He's a busy man, travels all over the world. But where was Pastor last night sitting over here in this chair, lifting his hands and shouting his praise along with you because he's a man that believes in passing a mantle. And I just believe today that there are older people here that are invested in this, that they want to give something to you. And I think we ought to just celebrate the fact that we have those people amongst us. But his dad has impacted my life. He's, he is my, my pastor at this moment. There's gr other great men that have impacted my, my life. One of them is on the screen here. 
Not that, but wait for it. Now, is there anybody that's under 40 that, that you, you know who that man is on, on the right? What's his name? John Mann. Where's he from? He lived his whole life in Nova Scotia, but he's from a little place just, I believe it's called Heartland, just out in the backwoods of Heartland. That man, when he was 16 years old, he went to one of the elders in this district and begged him to go to Bible school. Begged him. He, 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 he desired to do something for God. They didn't have the ability to go to a formal uh, education in, in a school like we do today. He lives so far out in the woods. But he, he, he wanted to go to Bible school. He brought his application to, to Brother Jake's and, and uh, Brother Jake's or Brother Stairs. And, and they, he looked at him and said, you come. Didn't understand who he was talking to. He was talking to that 16-year-old boy that you see in the right side of that picture was the future missionary to Nova Scotia. And he is the sole reason why I'm preaching to you today because a man grabbed a mantle and said, I refuse to sit idly by. I must go to Nova Scotia and preach the gospel. I don't know if that impresses you. I hope it does because it impresses me. I'm not interested in what the sports heroes can do in the world. I'm not interested in how many touchdowns or how many baskets. I think that's all fun. But you know what? This is a modern-day hero that you're looking at right now. That's a man. He's going to stand before God in eternity with souls all around him because he obeyed the gospel and he preached the gospel. He stood in, and I don't know, was it a Bible school setting or what it was, but he stood in a setting, and, and, uh, and it was a youth convention somewhere, somewhere here in New Brunswick, and I don't know exactly where, but a man of God get up, and he said, maybe God could forgive us if we, if we, if we do not get the gospel to the remote areas of the Amazon. But he said, he said, he said in that, that class setting, he said, he said, but how can God forgive us if we do not show our neighboring province, Nova Scotia, how to have their sins remitted? And that's all it took for that man of God right there to develop a burden and say, I'm going to leave everything that's comfortable. I'm going to leave my home, my community, and I'm going to be a missionary. At 20 years old, he went and started the very first work in Nova Scotia. Here in this river, he had a revival. That's the very first place that souls were baptized in Nova Scotia. In this place, in this river, at a, at a 20 years old. Is anybody here 20 years old? Put your hand up if you're at least 20 years old. Just stand up for a second. Now, can you imagine? Can you imagine at your age going to a town and baptizing 26 people in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins. Hello, somebody. Come on, that's what we're talking about. We're not talking about boys. We're talking about people that are willing to be men. We're not talking about people playing with dolls. We're talking about people that are rising up and saying yes. Say, yes, I'll go. I'll answer the call. 20 years old, this generation can do that. You can plan a church at 20 years old. You don't got to wait till later in life. You can do it now. The only thing you need is a mantle. It's all you need. You do need a mantle. You do need a mantle. Oh, this man of God, 87 years old. 
he's like talking to a kid. When you talk to this man, he's like talking to a kid. His spirit has not aged. His body has aged, but his spirit has not. Uh, his spirit has not aged because there's been an anointing upon him from the time he was a young boy. It started when he was just a little boy. I, I spent so much time with him. He told me the stories. He said he remembers when he was six or seven years old and his mother was a praying woman and, and he'd lost 10 cents in a, hay, in a haystack playing with his friends. And back at that time, that was an awful lot of money. And he was so distraught about that. And he, and he came home and he, his mom asked him where the money was. And he said he, he said that he became very sad and he lost it in the haystack. And he said to his mom, he said, Mom, do you suppose that Jesus would show us where the 10 cents is? And you wouldn't believe it. And he went back to the haystack where he was playing with his friends. And he, after they had prayed, they took one scoop of hay and moved it aside. And just under that one scoop of hay, was you can believe what it was. It was that 10 cents. Six and seven years old. That was the beginning of a boy that was learning to hear the voice of God. One time, and his brother was gone off, and, and there was a time of war, and, and a lot of the, a lot of the, the elder, older teenagers, they would go off, and they would, they would be a part of training and, and procedures, and, and his brother had been gone, and they didn't know when he was coming back. They had no way to communicate. And, and, and his mother said to, said to him as a young boy, he said, he said, John, he said, do you suppose Jesus would show us when your brother's coming back home? He said, I suppose. And you got to know him. That's just how he would say it. And he, they began to pray. And, and God didn't speak to the mother, Matt. God spoke to him as a, as a little boy. And he, after praying, he got up and said, Mom, he's coming back Thursday. So they, they went and traveled far away to the train station by faith. Hello, somebody. They went to the train station by faith. And when the brother got off the train, he said, how did you know I was here? Bishop said, well, God is good. But I want you to know that's the stuff that that generation was raised on. That's why they were able to go into the areas. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. That's why they could go into areas and do something great for God at a young age. Oh, does this not interest anybody? I hope that we're not more entertained but by what I talked about last night. I hope, I hope somehow that becomes boring to you until God starts showing up in your life and God starts speaking to you. I was praying this morning, and when I was praying, I, yeah, I, I don't know what it was, but I heard this really, like, faint knock. And I was praying. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was just something in the building. I don't know. I'm not claiming that it was anything. But I heard something. It happened twice. It went twice like that. I said, well, that's strange. And I said, well, I just went to open the door. And I, said, I literally said, hello, because I, I have two boys in the house, my wife. And I thought, well, maybe they need something. And I just opened the door. And. And I was like, oh my goodness, there's nobody there. And then I, my mind went to the scripture where the Bible talks about how that I stand at the door and knock. And I'm just, I'm just looking to see if anybody will open the door and, and come and fellowship with me. And I began to weep in, in, in that prayer time. And I began to cry in the presence of the Lord as I thought about the fact that all that God really wants from me is the fellowship with me. That's where it begins. 
I began to feel the presence of the Lord. And, and you know what? It, that little faint knock, that's just like how Jesus would knock. I guarantee you Jesus isn't doing one of these. Let me in. Let me in. You know he's a gentleman, right? Ladies, you know he's a gentleman. There's no gentleman like Jesus. He'll never force himself upon you. He'll never be rude to you. He is the ultimate gentleman, ladies. And if you ever want to get the right guy, look for a guy like Jesus. Because Jesus is a gentleman. Somebody say amen. He's gentle. He knock, knocks on the door. And I, I don't believe he's slamming. I believe he's just knocking gently. And he's just asking, will anybody open this door? Because I want to fellowship with you. I just, I just think we should take a moment right now and we should just respond to that invitation because we really understand that that's what God's desire is for us this morning. Could we do that? Could we just give God something from our heart this morning? I know it's Saturday morning, but this is eternal. So let's turn, let's turn off the temporal switch. Let's turn off the tired switch and say, hey, I'm tired, big deal, but I still want to receive from the Lord. Could you do that right now? Could you just express your heart to Jesus? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on. Do we not know how to pray, young people? Come on. I'm asking you to pray. Come on. Come on. Let's lift our voice. Hallelujah. Come on. I'm not here to go easy on you. I'm here to challenge you. Let's lift our voice. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Here's the reality. Just keep praying right now. The reality is, is that mom and dad can't do the praying for you. The reality is, is that pastor can't stand before judgment, before God, and he, he, pastor won't be there. You, you're going to stand before God yourself. You're going to give account yourself. So today, not tomorrow, but today, we need to take the moment. We need to pray. If we don't have a voice of prayer yet, we need to get one. The only way to get one is to practice praying. You've got to begin to lift your voice somehow, some way, and try to express yourself to God. Mm, come on, I need somebody to lead us right now. We don't got a team of worship leaders up on the platform. We don't got music serenading us. But there's a God in heaven that's gently knocking and wanting your fellowship. Oh, I wish we could have a move of God here. I wish we weren't so tired that we couldn't have a move of God. Come on, I know it's in you. I know it's in you. You just got to reach out right now. You got to reach out beyond your flesh and you got to pray. Oh, come on. I feel the sweetness of his fellowship. I feel him knocking at a young person's heart. I feel him coming right now. He's gently knocking. He's asking you to open the door. Nobody can open the door but you. You got to be the person to open the door. You got to open the door. I can't open it for you. But if you will open the door, he will come into you in fellowship. Hallelujah. Come on, let's turn this entire place into an altar this morning. 
Come on, somebody, let's fellowship with Jesus. Hallelujah. If you're hungry for the Lord, could you just stand to your feet and just express that hunger? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh God, you desire us. You desire us, oh God. You desire us, oh God. I love you, Lord. Thank you, young people. Just, just, just reach a bit further. Stretch a bit further. Go ahead. I, I, I know, I know, I know you came here not just, not just for, for fun and to hang with your friends. I know you came here because you love God. But God wants to get inside of your world. He wants to get inside of your room. He wants to fellowship with you. If you'll open the door, he'll whisper things to you. He'll talk to you because he designed you. He made you for a purpose, for a holy calling. Come on, somebody. You got to shut the other voices down. You got to shut them out because there's a God in heaven that still knows your name. He still knows the hairs are on the top of your head. God knows about you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, right now, could you just connect with somebody beside you? Lay your hand on their shoulder in your bubble and just begin to ask Jesus. Just begin to minister to them. Hallelujah. Come on, I just want you to connect with them for the sake of connecting. But I don't want you to lose your personal prayer right now. I don't want you to lose that devotion that's happening between you and God. I just want you to bring your brother with you. I want you to bring that person in your youth group with you. Pray with them. Maybe they don't know how to talk to God, but you help them. You help them talk to God because God is doing a sovereign work. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Ooh, I feel something beautiful happening. I feel ground being turned over. I feel the soil being prepared. The God is going to pass a mantle to a young person that will open the door. A young person that will let Jesus come in. Oh, Hallelujah. Oh, yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Hallelujah. Brother Ryan, if you just come back and help us hallelujah ah, thank you lord come on he stands at the door right now knocking oh i wish the young person would just love on him he don't want anything else from you just your fellowship just your fellowship come on this is the place where god gives instructions this is the place where god gives directions and destinies 
Oh, hallelujah. Come on, I hear cries in the room. That's the most beautiful thing we could ever hear is the cry. Somebody speaking in tongues. Somebody moaning in the spirit. Somebody crying to God. That's the most beautiful sound that you'll ever hear. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> I feel a mantle in the room. Come on, we got to know the meaning of the mantle. We got to know the meaning of the mantle. I need you to understand that you can't do it without the mantle. Hear me, young person. You can't do it without the anointing. Church is boring without God in it. Real boring. If you're bored in church, it's because you're doing church without God. Don't do church without God. I remember when I first got in church, I was just a little Catholic kid. I didn't go to church. Never thought in a million years I'd ever go to church. My brother came home to me. I was in the boxing club one night, and I hadn't seen him in a couple years. Nathaniel, you know the story. In fact, come on out here, Nathaniel, and you, you can just stay in your little bubble or whatever. We're kind of like brothers. How old are you, bro? 27. Every time I see Nathaniel, I am reminded of my own salvation because when I first came to church, he was not visible in the flesh. He was in his mummy's belly. As a big guy. But when I first came into church, Nathaniel, we used to call him affectionately Nano. He outgrew that. Some other, other names, but we just call him Nathaniel. But when I first came into church, he was in his mom's belly, and that was the beginning of my walk with God. My brother came into the, to the boxing club that night, and on the way home, he said, Justin, have you ever heard of the Holy Ghost? And I say, I don't even know what you're talking about, man. You're speaking Greek to me. And that night, he preached to me about Jesus. That night, he told me about a God that loved me and that I could have my sins washed away. I didn't even know I was hungry for God. I played a lot of sports and involved a lot of things, and I just didn't have God in my mind to that way, in that way anyways. But Nathaniel was born, and, and God began to, you know, obviously, uh, you know, touch that church and his brothers, and I became their youth pastor not long after that. But I think it was 12 years old that this, this boy, we were talking about in the altar last night, 12 years old. He's 27 right now. But 12 years old at Middle Lake Youth Camp, under the power of God on, on a, I think it was a Saturday morning service just like this. I can still see that concrete floor. Nathaniel was unconscious for about half an hour in a large pool of water. I'm not talking about a couple drops. Probably a pool of water about this big had leaked from his eyes and spread all over on that concrete, Brother Whitmire. And that day, I marked him and I said, I said, God has his hand on this young boy. I'm telling you, it was about a half an hour where he was lost in the presence of God at 12 years old. Did he go back home and do everything like he was doing before? Yes. Did he lift his hands in church the next day? Probably not. And probably for the not the next couple years, he was just in his own little world that we talked about last night. But you know what? It was inside of him. Something happened to him. That day, I promise you, that day, something fell on him that formed his life. 
Now he's preaching the gospel. Now he's involved in, in, in a local church. Now there's an anointing on his life. Do you know why? Because one moment in the presence of God at 12 years old, don't tell me you're too young. You can get a hold of God. You can feel God. You can respond to God. And God can change your life. You're not too young, young people. Now is the time. Now is the time. Now is the time. Now is the time. He has a tenderness on his life. And in fact, last night after I preached, he came up to me and he said, Justin, he said, I have a word from God from you. I'm telling you, this was the boy that was in his mom's belly. He had a word of, from God for me because you know why? He's no longer just an echo of what somebody else says. He's a voice in his generation. He's got his own relationship with God. God can speak to him and God wants to speak to you. But before God can ever speak to you, you've got to get alone with God in the place of fellowship so God can speak to you. So God can speak to you. Hallelujah. So we have a decision to make today. You can be seated. Not you guys. Him. Or, well, maybe not him either. But we have a decision to make this morning. Because if we don't get this part right here, I might as well go home. I got something to preach to us tonight, but I might as well go home. I'm, being, I'm dead serious. Dead serious. And I, I'm just so stubborn. I would preach this whole message over again tonight if I don't think we got it. Because there's no sense. Because it just doesn't make sense. If we don't get it, then, then I'm not here to entertain anybody. I don't think you came to be entertained. Is there anybody that you didn't come to be entertained? Okay, one, two, three. Is there anybody that didn't come to be entertained? Let me count again. One, two, three, four. Come on, I think every hand should be up in this room. That we didn't come to be entertained. We come to experience God. I feel that spirit here. It's a stubborn spirit, but I want you to understand that it won't prosper your life. You being rebellious and you adopting that spirit, it won't prosper your life. You, you, you might as well just make up your mind right now. I'm either in or I'm out. Don't come to youth retreat if you're out. If you want to distract people and you want to pull people away from the presence of God and you want to sit on your praise and sit on others' praise, then this isn't the place for you to be. You need to come here with your mind made up. Oh, Pastor Justin, you, you're going to offend somebody. You're going to offend somebody, Pastor Justin. Listen, I've been around this long enough to know. I've been around this long enough to know that you're either going to be in or you're out. Listen, I'm not one bit afraid to offend the person that's trying to pull the other person down. I'm not one a, a bit afraid to kick that person in the butt. Because you know why? I'm after the, the hungry person. I'm trying to box out the hungry person. You leave them alone. You get, you get off of them. I'm trying to protect them because they got a call of God in their life. And I'm not going to let some person with a bad spirit begin to pull them away from God. we got to make up our mind that we are in or we are out. Is there anybody all in? Is there anybody all in? Because if you're all in, then you're qualified to know what the mantle means if you're not all in and this falls in your hand you will do the wrong thing with it and it's not going to happen on my watch it's not going to happen while i got the mic it's not going to happen while i'm preaching i'll tell you right now it's not going to happen i'll fight you i'll call down fire from heaven on you you better believe i will because i'm not giving this mantle to somebody that's not qualified 
It's too much at stake. There's too many souls that are in the balance. We need revival in our land. We need revival in our day. This is no joke when cities are going on fire, when the politics are going crazy. We need a move of God. I'm just crazy enough to believe, if you haven't noticed, that a move of God is possible. I'm just crazy enough to believe that anything is possible. I just believe that we can have a move. I believe our mayor can get saved, Brother Whitmire. Why, why wouldn't God save the mayor of Woodstock? Why wouldn't God do that? God didn't bring you through an accident so that you could just go on the rest of your life. God gave you a testimony. You should not be here today. You were in an accident that should have taken your life, but God stood in the way. God came alongside. Your best days are not on the other side. They're on the good side. They're on the future side. I want you to know that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel, see, see what happens when we break that spirit? You see what, what happens in the atmosphere when a young person says, ah, not me. I'm not going back that way. I'm going this way. When you do that, you get to feel God. You get to feel God. You get to feel what it is to experience God in his reality. Some of you are so bored because you have never felt God in his reality. But what you're feeling in this atmosphere right now is God saying, yeah, yeah, I got something for your life. I got a ministry for you. I want to talk to you. I stood in my, just before grade 12 started, I was praying. God had filled me with the Holy Ghost. I was saved. I was just wanting to do something for God. I was praying two weeks before school started. Some of you may know the story. Two weeks before school started, I destroyed this mantle. It's all over the floor. But two weeks before school started, God spoke to me. He whispered to me. Ladies, I feel it right in this row. I saw you respond, and I could feel God speaking to you, okay? Be ready. Who knows what he'll tell you? Just be ready. Hear me. Be ready. Don't, 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 don't settle for anything else but something real. That when you hear the voice of God, until you hear the voice of God, don't stop praying. Don't stop. If you got to take two hours to fall on your knees and hear something, do it because it'll be worth it. Because God will speak something to you that will be with you the rest of your life and it will be the difference maker. It'll be the reason why 10, 20, 30 years from now that you are still standing here. It's because God spoke to you. Two weeks before school, God whispered to me. I wasn't even thinking of this. I was praying, and God whispered these words. He said, you will be the student council president of your high school. I was like a radical guy. You know, I just served God, and I, I wasn't ashamed of it. I'm like, really, God? People are going to vote for me to do this? God spoke to me, and I kind of felt this power come over me, and I speaking in tongues, and I, I couldn't stop praying, and, and, and I was sitting in school about two weeks later, and they put these announcements on, and they, they gave the candidates, the teachers, and, and they kind of presented people that they thought would be uh, good candidates for the president of the school, and then you had to run and campaign, and people have to vote for you. When I was sitting in that class, I don't know why I'm telling you guys this, but I was sitting in that class, I was sitting in that class in my chair and I heard my name come over the PA. I said, wow, God, you spoke to me. That was real. That was not something that I thought of. That was real, God. And in that moment, I knew that God was doing something in my school, that God had heard my prayer. 
I ran. It was a crazy thing. It's, it's kind of unique to run in a rigged election. We're talking about rigged elections now. But this was a rigged election. Nobody else had a chance. All I had to do was show up because God had spoken it and I knew it. And God allowed me to be the student council president. And I don't have time to go into all that. But I was able to influence my classmates and in influence my school. But I tell you where it all started. It all started when, when, when I heard the door, someone knocking at the door that day. And I opened the door and I fellowshiped and God gave me a word. And I, can't, I don't have time to tell you, but there, there have been so many words that God has given me over the years and that has kept me. And I'm telling this group of people today that your best days are ahead of you. Your best days are ahead of you. Atlantic District Youth, your best days are ahead of you. I feel like there's a spirit of excellence that's going to rise up amongst the Atlantic District Youth that you're going to do things for God that have never been done in this district before. You're going to raise up an army of young people, of youth groups that are doing great things in their communities. That is going to happen. That is going to happen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Just let me give you the quickly the cliff, cliff notes. Elijah wanted the mantle, or Elisha wanted the mantle from Elijah. Elijah said to Elisha, you have to see me when I depart. If you don't see me when I depart, you are not qualified for the mantle. In other words, you got to stick close to somebody that's anointed and keep your eye on them. Keep your eye on your pastor. Keep your eye on your pastor's wife. Don't take your eye off of them. If you keep your eye on them, you'll get their anointing. You'll get their anointing that they have. You got a godly mom or dad, you got to keep your eye on them. You got to make sure that you walk like they walk. You see, because otherwise you're not qualified for this. Elijah wasn't being mean, he was just testing the people, saying, Look, and if you want this, you got to keep your eye on me. When I'm taken up into, into this whirlwind, when I'm taken up from you, if your eye isn't on me, you're going to miss it. The mantle's going to fall to the ground, it's going to be wasted. I'm sorry for going long today, but it's just too much in the balance. Just too much in the balance. I normally wouldn't be so long, but I feel hunger in the room. I feel hunger. I feel hunger. <laughs> it's going to happen. There's anointed people in this room. A man of God texts me this weekend, and they had a vision over this, this, this weekend, and they said they saw silos coming down all over the congregation, all over the crowd where gifts were being received. And I'm telling you right now that if you're hungry for one of those gifts, they are in this room, they are in this conference, and God is going to bless you, and God is going to give it to you. You're going <laughs> to rise up and do great things in the name of Jesus. Can we just give the Lord praise? I'm going to pass this back to our great youth president. He's anointed. He has the closing remarks for this service. Why don't we receive him in the name of the Lord?